Welcome to the Encourageous Podcast. My name is Angel Clark, and I'll be your host. Everyone goes through difficult things in life, but it takes a special type of person to use their pain to help others. That's exactly the kind of people you're going to hear from here on Encourageous. Each episode will tell the story of someone who not only survived their struggle, but is thriving. Join us for vulnerable, firsthand testimonies that will inspire you to press on. Get ready to be encouraged. Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in today to the Encourageous podcast. Um, I just want to do a quick reminder, if you have not already, to subscribe. It helps get the word out about my podcast so that other people can be encouraged And if you have Apple, I would love if you would rate it. Um, You can just click the number of stars. You don't even have to write anything unless you want to. Um, And then on the other platforms like Spotify, you just hit follow. That's all you have to do. So if you would not mind taking a quick moment to do that, I would super appreciate that. And thank you to everyone who has already done that. All right. So for today, my guest is my friend, Danielle Gaynor. So Danielle, could you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. So I have three little ones that I homeschool, um, still work at the hospital, married to the love of my life, and another one on the way. Yep. So we're busy, busy over here. Yes, I would say. I feel like busy is an understatement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All of us moms can totally relate to that. Okay, so today is kind of, um, I, don't, I don't know if sensitive is the right word, but it's definitely something that a lot of people do not have experience with. It's, you know, kind of a unique topic, I guess we could say. Um, So today we're gonna talk about how to get through the process of having a loved one in prison. Mm -hmm. So you actually had a family member who served a 10 year prison sentence. And so you had to kind of, you know, live through that. So if you don't mind kind of just telling us a little bit about, you know, maybe what led up to that and how it felt initially like hearing the news. Yeah, so um, this family member, it, it kind of happened without, you know, any kind of warning. It was just kind of one of those, like, this happened and now we're, we're here. Um, so I was, oh goodness, young, 20, 20 years old, 21, um, with my husband and um, just needed, like, a lot of support and reassurance and all that, especially in the beginning. Um, but so did my family member. And so it was a lot of being torn of, you know, obviously they need some help and Mm. so do I. Um, so naturally your inclination is to help them first because they're in the most, um, need. So, um, basically my family member, um, was drinking and driving, got in an accident and someone in the vehicle, um, passed away on impact. And so, um, first DUI, like no other traffic infractions ever. Um, and this was just kind of like a, like I said, a sudden thing for us and our family. And we had already had a few really hard things going on around that time frame. Mm -hmm. So, um, the thing that I think a lot of people don't understand is, and I wanted to clarify is the difference between jail Mm. in prison yep is because like oh yeah i had a friend not you know spent three days in jail whatever totally different so jail is meant to be a short-term thing yeah um meant to be a short-term thing and it's usually um county jail or something like that 
Prison is for someone who has already been sentenced mm -hmm. and is already, um, you know, has this this time frame or a, a EOS or something where you're just like end of service or end of whatever you want sentence kind of I I call it service, um, <laughs> um, but anyway, so so prison is different. It's meant for long term. Mm. Um, so that's kind of how we got there. Yep. Um, it was before I had kids, so I think. Uh, it was different. That's something that we need to clarify too for people that are bringing children to visit as a prison and or jail, which I would not recommend bringing prison or uh, children to visit at the jail at all, ever. Um, but at the prison, it's a little bit different depending on the level of security. Yeah. So. Yep. And so um, I guess. When you first got the call that this had happened, and then you, you, I'm assuming you went to the trial and all of that stuff to kind of see what the sentence would be? And oh, yeah. So, um, it is a long process, typically. Yeah. Um, it's very rare to have somebody that, um, you know, is found guilty within a few weeks or something. It was, yeah. I think the time frame was close to two years, maybe three. Wow. Um, and, and there's some short, like, jail terms in there for little um, things that are part of the bigger picture, so to speak. Mm -hmm. um, and so there's a lot of things that you learn in retrospect that you just, you, you can't know until you know. Yeah. Um, so yes, the trial was intense. It was a lot. Um, so we, we kind of stayed together as a family and supported our family member best we could. Um, and at the trial, there was, um, there's just a lot of like, uh, witnesses and things like that, um, expert witnesses, there's a panel, um, and so it was very clear, um, to most of us, you know, that there was going to be a guilty sentence, yeah. but what we did not expect is for this, um, this judge did not have experience with felonies at all. So this is a felony level offense, yep. um, and he had only ever, and was only ever qualified as a misdemeanor judge. Oh, I didn't realize there was a... I There's a huge, huge difference in that. It's like, um, it's kind of like if you go to open heart surgeon versus maybe just like a regular cardiologist. They're, they're different. Yeah. They, they function differently. So he had never... Um, tried a felony case mm -hmm. it's just that the one that was supposed to do it was busy and so he just was kind of like fell into it yeah um so what happens is when somebody's brand new is they tend to go with exactly what the other side is suggesting mm -hmm. um so our family member ended up getting um the maximum sentence wow. allowable for this um which is just it, it's it's a product of a lot of things um but yeah, so it was a lot. And then um, there was some change in, what do you call it, the president um, in administration, so to speak. Mm -hmm. um, and so there, it went from a 65 minimum time served to 85% all around the same time frame. So just a series of unfortunate events yeah. um, from the start. So uh, that, that was a minimum 85%. So... Um, we had to learn all sorts of terms, like yep. game, game time, what that means, um, how you lose game time, how you keep your game time, all this stuff. And 
there's just there's even still now a lot that I just don't know about when in, what went in there and yeah. I and I actually asked for that there's a lot that I don't like if it's something that I need to know because I was also this person's power of attorney healthcare mm-hmm. surrogate um, did all the medical liaison kind of care during um, prison sentence and it was it was a lot yeah. um, so that's kind of where we um, started yeah so what would you say um, obviously because you have I do have a family well I really don't it's a very loose term um, I had someone that was in our family for a short period of time that committed a very very terrible crime um, against my cousin and he went to prison but I never because of the type of crime that he had committed I didn't want my mom and my family we didn't want him to be a part of our life um, and so we never went to visit him so I do know someone and I was pretty young when it happened so I briefly remember like looking back I'm like oh that makes sense of why this happened and but I was just a child so I you know whereas you were in the 20s so I don't really yeah. have first-hand experience, but I do, I can kind of relate to, like, it just all felt kind of so sudden. Like, it was kind of like, this person was in our life, and then they were gone. And, yes. you know, and I didn't find out until I was much older what had happened. Yeah, um, and it's, um, to speak on that, I was really impressed by, um, just when you go to the, they call it the VP, or, like, visiting park, mm-hmm. um, so obviously our family member, because it was a true accident yeah. and nothing intentional or yep. malicious, um, was in minimum security. There's like a whole bunch of things you have to pass through. There's like behavior analysis, all of these, they kind of like, um, it's called classification. So they kind of assess your security risks and are you, should you be in maximum penitentiary mm-hmm. or are you like totally minimum security? Yeah. And our family member was the lowest security level it truly ever was because like it was truly kind of, it wasn't yeah um but there was still a little bit of that in the beginning where it's like you feel like do i really want to mm. walk this journey yeah but you just don't have you just do it um but what i wanted to say is that the other visitors you get to know them over time mm. um because we were at different places um throughout but for longer periods of time. Yep. Um, there were a couple of faith-based ones, and um, they were all minimum. So you kind of got to know the people. Mm-hmm. Um, there were times where sh- where our family member was supposed to be at a um, like a short-term place for health reasons, um, and then then there was a mix of max and min mm-hmm. and all those people, yeah. minimum people. So um, I'd be in line talking to somebody, and they would have a similar experience where. Um, someone ran over somebody with a car or they um, murdered somebody or they lost their temper and hurt their child or something like that and we try to compare but mm. a sin is a sin is a sin is a sin Yeah. and and it, when you really look at it like that you look around that visiting park all those people in those blue jumpers and you're like they are humans yeah. just like me yep. I am no better than them mm. I have nothing um, greater than them they be I have the same opportunity as they do um, and so I think when you look at it like that like it doesn't really matter and people don't really talk about it yeah. um, in the visiting yes. it is talked about amongst like hey what do you you know what are you here for yeah that kind of thing but for me like I said I had to really position myself where um, 
you can't, you cannot compare sins. I think that that's just so biblical to just say, you know what, it doesn't matter what you're here for. You messed up, um, made a mistake, which all humans do. You just happen to get caught. Mm. And that's the thing is that um, I feel like it's kind of a God thing um, that I I gained that perspective. Mm. Um, Because before, it was very much like, oh, well, you know, you do this, but I only do this. And that's not, I think that's just part of youth, being young. Um, But you kind of learn over time that it sin is a sin that's all there is to it so um I don't really look at it too differently um as a mama it was harder if somebody was there for you know child abuse or something like that. it was harder for me um but again I just asked to not know I'd rather like make conversation with them and and that's it and because it doesn't matter because they can do that and tonight Mm. be saved and then tomorrow they're a new creation And so for me, that was really, there was a lot of power there where you could just see the light of Jesus in their faces and they were just so amazingly healed. Um, They had actually church services that we used to be able to go to. um, And that was really, really neat to go because they didn't have anything. They didn't have like the fancy lights and the track music and thousands of people and coffee, all the stuff. It was literally like them in a choir singing acoustically, no music, you know, no like PowerPoint or lyrics and just somebody that came and donated their time. And I'll tell you what, it was the best church service I ever went to was an Easter I went to and it was just amazing to me that these people had no family show up. Nobody came. These were people that I'd never seen in the visiting park. So that means that they don't get visits. Mm. They don't, you know, they likely don't get sent any money or support or cards or soap, anything like that. And these, they're up there leading other people Mm. to Christ. And I was like, okay, it doesn't matter what you did in your past. You're you're made new, right? So to speak on that, I think that that was big. And, um, but I really try to maintain a lot of privacy um, for our family member throughout all of it just because it's not that part of it is not my journey to share yep but what I wanted to um, share was just the ins and outs and kind of hacks and secrets and stuff um, that that I think especially people with children Mm -hmm. um, so what sets us apart from my other family members that visited um, is that we chose not to tell our children that it was a prison that we were visiting so we just told them that this is where we visit so-and-so and they literally never questioned it because they went from babies, you know, from, I brought them from, I think you're allowed to bring them six to 12 weeks, just depending on the facility. Um, so I would bring them and they had so many rules. You have to kind of be your own advocate and remind them like, I'm a free person. I am not a prisoner. You don't get to treat me like and because they, it's hard for them to turn that off and on. Yeah, because that's just their, they're so used to the Yeah, they're just, <laughs> you know, those the rules. Well, well not, not for me. You know, I'm not that person. Um, so it was really kind of hard in the beginning bringing babies where you needed the, the blanket and you needed the this and you needed that. They can't bring their blanket in. I was like, great. Well, I just drove two hours to be here with this baby. Like, you're, bring, you're letting me bring the blanket. <laughs> 
So I would have to get the word in sometimes and just mm. be like, hey, this is ridiculous. It's like, a blanket. It's not a neck blanket. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, so it was, it's one of those things that looking back, it seemed like so much stress, um, but it was worth it. It was, you know, I think that that's what carries people through. So it's hard when somebody's made a mistake and they're in prison and their family is all basically like, forget you, we don't like what you did, so we're not going to help you and we're not going to show up and we're not going to, you know, be here for you. Those are the ones that act up in there and cause mm-hmm. trouble and um, don't make it out or they make it out and they go right back in yeah. because they don't, they don't have that, un, that forgiving love yeah. um and so it, it anyway so when you bring the kids um that you have to decide when you go there how much you're going to tell them mm. um so we kind of created this sort of if they ask great sort of environment and they never ask mm. we made it through all that time and um, my oldest was you know six and a half by the time our last visit and he never asked really? and so nope it was just kind of where we went to visit mm-hmm. and um so we it was a lot of what we did and that's just what we chose and a lot of people disagreed with it and we just thought well there are kids and the thing is is I think that there's an instant judgment like oh prison is where bad people go mm-hmm. and so we kind of um if they talk about prison or or bad guys or jail or anything like that outside of this situation we reframe them and say um you know, it's not where bad people go. It's where people have made bad, bad choices, choices or poor decisions or they made a mistake and they go there to learn, mm. which is great for kids. But honestly, having seen what I've seen, there's not a lot of learning to be had. It's a That's lot what I was of, thinking. I was like, it's more the opposite. It's sometimes. so sad in there mm-hmm. for them. Um, I think that there's perspective. So if you're listening to this and you have a family member in prison and you've been like, I'm not going to visit them because... They did X, Y, Z, or they were mean to me before, or they're too much this, or that. Just go. Mm-hmm. Because by the time you get over that threshold and you're like through the security, and you walk through the x-ray, and you give them your license, and you do all the steps, and you see that person, like, they can no longer harm you in there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no, there's none of that. It's a very, typically a very safe visiting experience. Again, we were minimum security. Yeah. But even the max one, I did feel a little, little bit more uneasy. Um, but there's still guards all in there. It's fine. Um, but really, your family member would love it. It's the only way that they get through the the days to the weekend is if somebody. So we would kind of rotate. Um, so we'd have, you know, maybe I'd go once a month, and the next person would go once a month. But it, there was always somebody like. Pretty much every weekend there were a few stents in there because um, our family member was ill mm. and had to have some treatment and so we weren't allowed to visit and so that was that was harder on everybody like yeah. because here I am in charge of all the power of attorney and healthcare surrogate all this stuff but they wouldn't release any information to me mm. which is really frustrating. Like, <laughs> I'm yeah. supposed to be like, like, coordinating this. Like, we're not going to tell you where they are, we're not going to tell you what we're doing. And it was just, there was a lot of, um, I think that that's the scariest part of being a family member of someone that's in prison is that you no longer have a say about mm-hmm. anything. Like you're almost stripped of your rights too. Yeah. Um, 
but there is a way there's always a way like don't give up um if somebody says you know you, you can't do this you can't do that say ask can i talk to your superior um is there anything just be kind about it don't go in there with like like yelling yeah, like, <laughs> um because they do not tolerate that respond well to that yeah. um a lot of places i mean you have to use common sense you can't bring um phone okay this there's different this is in florida but from I was on a community um, for a while of people, young mamas who had people in prison, and they were like in California and New York and other places where they could like bring whatever they wanted. It was insane. But where where we were, um, there was no smartwatches, no phones, no remote keys, no nothing. I mean, you can't bring anything but your license um, and just a standard key, one. Um, so I ended up getting really good at, at that system, so to speak, um, to where even when you go to the metal detector, you just like, you get so tired of it going off that you just wear like sweatpants and a t-shirt, but then you're not allowed to wear a certain amount of a kind of sweatpants. So it's just like, what? so what I've, a big advice is if you are going to visit and you're driving, you know, a while, always have a change of clothes in your car. Mm-hmm. Um, don't wear any like, camo or bandana or anything like that. Be like a gang symbol kind of. Yeah, so silly. And then um, girls don't wear skirts. Um, you can wear a floor length skirt um, typically, but check with your check online. There's usually like a list. And then if you have any questions, call. But when you call, just get their name and information and the time you talk to them. Um, who the warden was for that day. So you can say like, this yes, is who I to yes. Um, so. Well, that sounds good. Okay. Um, so what would you say was the most difficult? I know you've kind of touched a little bit on like, mm-hmm. you felt like you were stripped of certain rights too, but is there anything else you think was maybe super difficult about having a loved one behind bars? Um, it's kind of one of those like, everything, yes, <laughs> all of it. Um, and all of it. Yes. Everything was difficult. Um, Okay, so... Would you say, like, maybe emotionally it was the hardest, or, like, physically, like, not being able to see the person as much, or... I think leaving mm-hmm. is the hardest, just because it's... it. No matter how many times you do it, it just feels really unnatural yeah. to walk through those those fences and yeah. gates, and you get to, like, go back to your car, go back to life, knowing that they are where they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, we'd always kind of joke, like okay, I'll meet you around back, you know, like just, just come out and escape. So I think leaving was harder. Um, sometimes, sometimes it wasn't, it just really depended on how the visit went. Um, because there was a lot of, there's a lot of growth to be had in prison. Mm -hmm. Um, I think a lot of time for reflection Mm -hmm. too. Um, and so there's a lot of things that will come up from that inmate that is just kind of ugly. Um, and so you, there's like a lot of, that they like, oh, you didn't do this. Or yeah. Like it's not like when I've been with kids all day long and my husband comes home and I'm like, blah, 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 because I'm like, oh, a person. So they're, a, you know, an adult. So they whole have to hold it in while they're in prison because you get made fun of, you get beat up on, you get, there's a lot of things that I think people don't talk about. Yeah. But it's not, um. It's not like you see on TV. It's it's very hard, and so um, she 
actually ended up being <laughs> uh, really open at times when it was maybe just me or maybe just one of my other family members it was kind of one-on-one and in de-stressing and, and talking about it. because you can't talk to anyone in there about it about anything it's just like so kind of when you go to visit it's like a download like we're like, 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 like oh my goodness um the nice thing is that because there's no phones there because there's no distractions that mm -hmm. people make eye contact they hold hands they hug they um play scrabble and like color and um we was it's like unplugged it was yeah. totally unplugged because it has to be and that's all they know and so for them, I think that there's a big adjustment when they get out, like, whoa, you guys aren't really the way you are when you visit. Why are you always on your phone? And why, you know, so, and that was the other thing is that um, when they call you outside of visitation, um, you have, you, you can't call them back. So I think I felt a little bit um, imprisoned in that way, in that, oh my gosh, what if I missed a phone call and I can't call back and what if it was important and what if they, you know, um, and so for like years and years and years, it was just one of those things where I was constantly like, oh, what am I wondering? Um, and towards the end, I started to kind of really tell myself like, it's okay if there's an emergency that the chaplain will come we'll to help you yeah. and or I can call back and talk to the chaplain. And now it's, I even still have to fight the habit, like, at 8 o'clock every night, like, oh, I don't have to have my phone on me anymore. Like, this is really strange. <laughs> um, so it, it was a lot of, I felt free too. Mm. I'm kind of released of all those um, challenges. So I think the most difficult thing is, um, is just that you don't get to see the behind the scenes mm. and you only are told what, what you're told or shown what you're shown. But yet you sort of have to be responsible for a lot of things. So it's yeah. it's a lot of unsaid. It's a lot of um, miscommunication between the visitor and the inmate, between the inmate and the you know classification officers. It's just a lot of nobody talks to anything. It's a system like anything else. It's it's broken, um, and I just really feel bad for um, for them. I do. I have, I have a heart for it because they don't have any resources. They're not taken care of. Like, they don't even have soap. When I tell people that, and they're like, that's ridiculous. I'm like, no, literally, they have to buy it or share it with a friend or whatever. So, which I, I guess, you always say, I know it's kind of a crude joke, but people always say, oh, don't drop the soap about like men in prison. They don't even get soap. Like that's, no. I didn't even know that, honestly. No, they don't get a lot of things. Wow. And it's very disheartening. Um, so the people who, so we would financially support big time as far as always a commissary box or um, a couple times a year you could send them like underwear, they don't get underwear, mm -hmm. like underwear, shoes, um, you know, just things like that. And then snacks that they don't normally get. And that's the other thing is they, they eat like garbage. Mm -hmm. um, one of the guards actually told me, he's like, literally I'd rather feed them all po like dog food. This stuff is horrible. Um, and so it's one of those things where you feel so bad but you, you can't make a difference. Mm. Um, so it's it's really hard to be in that situation with a family member that you outside could help. 
Yep. You know, like, here, let me make you some healthy soup because you're not feeling well. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of processed foods, even there's something called a canteen. So when you visit, um, there's a canteen and typically an inmate will staff it. Um, so you can go up and you can order with cash. Um, some places have a card, um, but typically cash. And you can order things. And it's all just like processed junk. But that's all they know. Mm. Because they're not entitled to fresh food and things like that. So um, it was really cool afterward, um, after our family member came home, like, what do you want to eat? What do you, you know, Chinese buffet. Like, whatever you want. Like whatever. real food, whatever. <laughs> and so that was kind of cool to make yeah. that, to see that change. Yeah. And to, um, but I think that they are a very forgotten and mm. underserved yeah. population because there is the stigma of like, oh, they're bad people. You're bad people too. We are all bad people. We all fall short. We all sin. We they just happen to either a do it too much mm-hmm. or have some sort of sickness or addiction um, or a depression that went untreated um, or they just were simply in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah. There were actually a lot of people that were in there who were innocent mm-hmm. and not broke my heart or they took the fall for like mm. a daughter or yeah. um, a best friend or a husband or something because they didn't want them to go to prison yeah. and um, that was really hard because yeah. you're just like oh all this suffering you know and they really do suffer in mm. there and it's it, it I don't know that it changes them um, for the better all the time yeah. because it there's no like because they're like this is what I'm worth almost you know like they right. start to accept it like and they treat this is the best terrible. it's gonna get mm-hmm. so it's it's very much I think that you just get through your sentence and then that's it not for everyone there were some people that just came out and like were totally different but um I think that it it varies per person and it's I couldn't do it I I mean I have to I gave our family member huge props like. I would have blown up on one of the guards or I would have <laughs> like hurt someone or I would have lost my game time yes. <laughs> for sure. Right. Um, but to have that, that bite your tongue, mm. I think is, is good while you're in there. But then there's a lot of like afterward mm. processing it and, and going through all that. Yeah. So, um, and our family member had metastatic cancer throughout the prison sentence and I'm telling you what there's a huge need for Ugh. for that as well like even that out here cancer is a terrible I've dealt firsthand with watching yeah. a loved one go through that and it's with all of the proper things that we could have possibly had and it was still terrible so to be in that terrible location and then on top of it have this terrible disease it's just like I can't even imagine that oh it's yeah like, and there's such a um What's it called where there's a disparity between female and male? Oh. Like a double standard yeah. or some... Um, because the males here in Florida, they have like men's medical prisons mm-hmm. that they can go to to yeah. get cancer treatment, right? Women don't have that. Really? Yeah. So like, um, wait, women have sense. to be transported to these medical facilities that are for men. Mm-hmm. So when you go visit them, it's exceedingly uncomfortable. And they're like put in this little place where you're just like, oh my gosh, are we in The Shining? I mean, it was horrible. Oh my gosh. Um, and you're just thinking, how how do you get well? Mm-hmm. You know, only by the grace of God did, did those people make it. And not everyone made it. So 
her family member had to, with cancer, be taking care of other people who were like in stage cancer. And that's, I mean, as if the prison sentence isn't enough, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it was just a lot of, um, I think we dealt with a lot of things that most people don't with a prison sentence and she dealt with it a lot too. Um, So I think that, you you know, I would encourage anyone that has a family member in prison to um, just go visit. I don't care if you're mad at them. I don't care if you're angry. I don't care if they did something to tick you off. The last time you visited, just go. Like, get in your car, sacrifice the time, because if the tables were turned, mm. you'd be devastated to know that nobody was there for you. Yeah. So, we were, we as a family, there was a good 20 of us that would always make sure to visit. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, um, I know we kind of probably already touched on this, but did you learn other, I know you talked about, um, one valuable lesson you learned was getting like a new vantage point about mm-hmm. like having compassion and stuff. Was there anything, any other valuable life lessons that you wouldn't have learned had you not walked through this process? I think I had to learn how to let go of control a lot. Mm. Um, Cause I was very used to out here. We're used to just kind of, you know, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to go by angels and see how she's doing or I'm going to call her or whatever. Um, and you just have to let go of that control because mm-hmm. all of a sudden you're being dictated by yep. rules that you don't understand and rules that don't make any sense yeah. and people who are really mean and all those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. So we, um, I think that you have to surrender. You have to let go of control. Um, no matter how much you try, you just, yeah. it's not in your control. Yep. None of it. Um, you know, so you have to, you have to fight, um, that way. So I think that that was a a huge lesson I learned in the vantage point, but also just, um, forgiveness, like was huge because, you know, there's, there's nothing you can do. Like it, it, it's here, we're here with it. It's, it's like if you're, you know, a loved one gets diagnosed with something, you know, you're not gonna be like, Oh, sorry. I'm out of here. Like, of course not, because they need you. They need support. Mm-hmm. You know, and what's the difference between somebody being sick and somebody being imprisoned is that there's a stigma of, you know, oh, they're in prison. Um, they they're this. bad. They deserve to and die. Yeah. Like, can you imagine if somebody got, you know, lupus or cancer or some debil- debilitating thing and we were like, that's okay, you deserve to rot and die. Like, that's a horrible mentality. Everybody has their different you know, takes on it. Um, and, and again, there was no repeat offense in my, yep. uh, situation. And so, cause that does complicate things. That does more. complicate things. I actually stood in line in front of someone who, uh, this was the second sir, uh, sentence her brother had served or her sister had served. Not that it was brother. Cause it was when we were, anyway, it doesn't matter. And, um, uh, she had said that she tried to stand in line four times in the last five years to go visit, and she just would chicken out and go back to her car. Wow. And so she's like, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to do the same thing today. I was like, why? And she's like, well, I was just so angry at him. Mm-hmm. I'm just so mad. And I said, well, you know, I mean, if you get in there and you're upset, like, and, and or maybe he's mistreating you, guess what? You get to leave and walk right back out the store. Mm-hmm. But if you get in there and he's just your brother, then 
you get to hang out with him and encourage him and maybe help him realize that you're still here for him. You forgive him. Because if you can forgive him, the person that he probably loved the most, then other people, the world, can forgive him when he gets out. Yeah. So I think that that's, that's huge. There's a stigma. Um, there's, all, there's TV shows, there's books where people yeah. like kind of fabricate what it's really like in there, but you just don't know until you're experiencing it yeah. firsthand. So. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so if there's someone listening to this right now who either has a loved one in prison or maybe somebody who has just, you know, just found out that their loved one did this terrible thing and that they're probably going to go to prison, do you have any sort of encouragement other than, you know, because we've already kind of touched on that at some point, but is there any additional little piece you would like to add? Um, yeah, and I think that, you know, they don't necessarily have to do a, a terrible thing. Yeah. Um, I think that there's some things that... Are truly accidents mm -hmm. and whether it is or not we've already covered that yeah um, so the biggest thing that I found is um, being on the other end of the phone is really huge so if you can set up um, and talk to your loved one say hey I can only afford that's something that I kind of didn't do in the beginning just call whenever you want and we'll, you know mm -hmm. and it does add up because of course they capitalize on every phone call they make mm -hmm. and it's all recorded and their mail is opened before they open it. Yep. Um, so there's a lot of privacy. So if there's something private that you need to share with them, obviously do it in the visiting brick. Tell them something private there. Um, but I think as far as encouragement goes, um, there's nothing better than a visit. Mm. I think that you can write letters. That's really important. Um, they love getting stamps. So if you are sending a letter, maybe send a little packet of stamps with them because then they are encouraged to encourage others. Mm -hmm. So they can write out, you know, letters to other people. They can share with a bunkie. They call them bunkie, like doormates, so mm -hmm. to speak. Um, you know, hey, I know you don't have any family mm -hmm. um, that comes to visit or support you monetarily, but here's a stamp. Or you can send them Blake greeting cards. Um, photos, they love photos. Mm -hmm. so just make sure on the photo that you write on the back um, the date and time because they lose track of date and time in there. Mm -hmm. And it's really hard for them because we see our people every day. Yeah. They don't. So they're like, when was this? I don't know. And it helps them. Um, another really encouraging thing you can do is we call them like sleeps. So like, you know, 600 more sleeps or 200 more mm -hmm. sleeps or 40 more sleeps, whatever. So we call it sleeps. And whatever you want to do, weeks, months, it doesn't matter. But, um, and also just ask them, not, hey, how are you? You know, hey, is there anything I can do to help you? Do you have a specific? Yep. Yes. Yes, my, you know, this is going on with my health and they're not doing anything. Okay, great. Let me make a call to your classification officer, whatever. You know, just support them as much as you can. Love them where they're at. Mm -hmm. And it's no different out here in the yeah. free world. Like, yeah, you don't you don't look at you know somebody that's differently dressed than you, or who maybe has like, ah, children out of wedlock, or they are, you know, homeless on the street. Whatever. Like I said, a sin is a sin. So always encourage yep. them that they are not broken. Mm -hmm. They're not a bad person. Mm -hmm. They don't deserve to just kind of like rot and die. Like a lot of people have this mentality. Yep. Um, that there's still people out here that love them 
and care for them. So send them little care packages. I don't care if you have to put it in your phone to remember, write a letter or whatever. Um, they love pen pals. Mm -hmm. um, so, so that's really good. But the visits are imperative. Mm -hmm. uh, if it's something that you can do, um, you know, you can even connect with other visitors if you guys want to like split a hotel room or whatever to make it, um, to make it financially affordable, you know? Um, so be brave, just go, go to the visiting informed, um, get through the, the security process. It's a process. Mm. It's not fun. Um, once you've done it a few times, not for a few hundred times, you're <laughs> just so, it's really cool because then you can turn around and encourage the people that are waiting that have never been there, mm. or maybe the mom that has a baby that is bringing something in that you know they can't bring in or, um, whatever, you know, somebody that's really nervous, you can help them. Um, and then just when you're there, when you're in the visit, be as present as possible and save the like really, really hard, deep stuff if you can. Just enjoy those time, that time with them as much as you can. Mm -hmm. Love on them. Listen. I think that's huge because yeah. ain't nobody listening to them in there. Mm -hmm. Nobody. And so they really need somebody to hear their needs and their wants and their hurts and their desires. Um, so yeah, I think that if you are, you know, like if, you, if it's a young child that has a parent, there was a lot of young children that had moms in there. You know, I'm talking like two to eight years old, like little. Um, all the drawings, the coloring, um, all that. You just have to be careful because you can't send paint. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's just so find out what you can. Yep. I think crayons, you can't go wrong with crayons. Can't send stickers, can't send cards with like glued on things. So it was, it's nice now to not have to like stand in front of the card section for a year. Mm -hmm. Like what? You just got to yep. So encourage them as much as possible. Get um, a friend on board with you, a best friend who is just reminding you to encourage them and to soften your heart because that helped a lot. Um, and my friends would be like, hey, you know, how's so-and-so doing? And you're like, oh, I really haven't you know, sent them anything in a while. Mm -hmm. So you just want to really, and holidays are, are very sad. Mm -hmm. Like if you go there and visit regularly and you go on the holidays, um, two things are going to happen. Either there's going to be all new faces, mm -hmm. people you've not seen regularly where you're like, oh, so you've just come on the holidays or it's going to be barren. Empty. Yep. That's what I was thinking. And it, that's, that's sad. But the holidays, I know that we want to be with our, with our people here, but like, mm -hmm. They need you. So if there's a holiday that you can go visit, that so it's normally weekends and then holidays that you can go visit, mm -hmm. take advantage of it. Go go make their Thanksgiving or their Christmas or whatever you can do. So that would be the encouragement. Love on them. Yep. Don't give up on them. Don't consider them like permanently lost or gone forever. Even though it feels like they're gone mm -hmm. forever when they're in there for a long time, it's, yeah. it's a very strange feeling still in your life but they're not physically here so that's why visits are so imperative to keep yeah. connected mm -hmm. and that's that's about it yeah okay well that all sounds like good advice especially from someone who's been through it that's always yeah. helpful yeah. um so if people want to connect with you where or how can they get in touch with you okay so um through all of this we, i've been very private about this <laughs> on um <laughs> any kind of social media yeah. um, but i have a blog 
that talks about healthy living and children, um, mostly just kind of life as a mama. Because um, that, that's one thing that you're, you know, it's, you got I think, I believe that you need to keep it a little private. Because mm-hmm. not everybody's business. Yeah. Um, so that's why it's, you know, that's the only sensitive part of it is I'm trying to still be very um, mindful and respectful in that. So Raising Kale is kind of um, a book you can look forward to, a blog um, on Instagram. It's raising.kale, K-A-L-E. Um, so you can find me on there. Um, so any kind of form of social media, you just look up raising.kale or um, raisingkale.us, and you'll find me there. So, okay. Yeah, well, that sounds good. Well, I actually, um, I've noticed this with a lot of my guests that I've interviewed there's probably 15 subjects you and I could have talked about, you know, between infertility or having a sick love, but like there's so many things. So yeah. I just love that you were so willing and open to talk about this specific experience because I don't really know anyone else in this lane of life. You so. and me both. And that was very isolating and it felt like, luckily I had, you know, family that was sort of walking it through, but I just, yeah. and it's not something, it's kind of one of those, um, taboo type subjects yeah. like I'm not I, I'm quick to say oh yeah I have three kids I'm married blah blah but I'd be like oh by the way I have a family member in prison yep. do you it's not no like you're not gonna be like wear on t-shirt comes up casually in conversation but I did befriend a few people that were visiting there mm. frequently yep and that helped so I would encourage community yep um in that way get somebody that's walking in who kind of is you know in the same mm-hmm. in the storm with you yeah, so, no yeah. worries. So thank you for coming on here and chatting with me today. Of course. All right. See you guys next time. Thanks for having me. Of course. <laughs>